welcome to Breeder Syndicate. What up, dude? What up? Not much. Just getting this ready. Waking up for my beauty rest. Indeed. That I so desperately need. Yep. Time to do your hair and everything. Yeah, yeah. I had to do my hair, as you can see. Oh, good. People are getting their NL seeds finally from the shipment. All right. Good deal. So, today, I, I figured we could talk somewhat. I mean, I made a post earlier this week um, about certain breeder etiquettes and try to get an idea for where people's minds are at in our community currently. Because, I mean, back in the day, there are always a lot of rules, but everybody kind of knew the rules, you know, and if you didn't, you'd, you'd find out real fast, you know, several people would be there to correct you uh, if you broke said rules. So um, it's a little different now. I mean, you know, things are acceptable now that weren't once acceptable at all. So I figured we could go over the old school rules of uh, uh, of breeding and, and how it's changed over the years a little bit. Yeah, I think some of it, too, is just I think uh, whatever like the norms are in whatever subculture that you come up in at the time, you accept those as like the way they should be. Yeah. And it, and always should be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if it's a small enough subculture, like the older people in that subculture will enforce it, like you said. Yeah. And let you know when you're out of line about something. Yeah. You know, so it there becomes a situation where. You know, as as times change, I think, you know, I've said it before, but we weed sort of reinvents itself every five or 10 years. Yeah. The seed changes, not just with seeds, obviously, but like the whole like what the whole, drives what shebang. The, whole, the whole shebang. And so it's almost like people have to learn it all over again. Yeah. Or what parts of it survive in a way. Yeah. It's the most common question I'm asked. Um when, when I do the, the, the live solo is like, Hey, is this allowed? Is this okay? Cause I think g generally speaking, most people don't want to step on toes, but not everybody. It's not, it's not common sense. A lot of it isn't common sense at all. And to some degree, it's like, one, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, putting the, putting the shopping cart back in the parking lot. Yeah. There's no, you're, you don't get in trouble if you don't. Yeah, it's true. There's no, true. there's no enforcement mechanism. No, it, might be like the, it might be the right thing to do. And it might make that teenage kid's job easier going out there and pushing carts <laughs> or whatever, but you can like leave it wherever the fuck you want. And so yeah. that's what happens in weed too, is because there is no enforcement mechanism. Yeah. The black market, is, you know, or the traditional market or whatever you might want to call weed, you know, it's in various States and various conditions and various places, mm -hmm. you know, um, but there is not really an enforcement mechanism no. other yeah. than public shame, which only yeah. works on some people. It used to be more effective too. <laughs> well, yeah. But there's some people that they don't feel guilt or shame either. So yeah, that's it's, not, it's, it's never going to work on them any. Yeah. You know? And so I don't know. I mean, there's, there's an aspect to it where I, I, you know, Mac can talk a bunch about, about this stuff because there, there's definitely a lot of etiquette, but really, maybe just at the start is like, we are sort of like a small subculture. Yeah. And we're we growing and we're growing, you yeah. know? And, you know, like the subcultures kind of, we're all very 
like very evident on like where you grew up even before like the internet and communication. Yeah. And then, you know, once the forums came about, which, you know, there was a bunch of rules that were established on how to communicate with one another and how to act with one another. And like, if it was self-policing in the way Matt said, because if someone started doing something super silly, a bunch of DMS would start shooting around between the powers that be. And like the culture would sort of self-regulate. Yeah. The person would be called out either privately or publicly, you know, there would be various things that would happen. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it would happen very quickly too, for the most part. And the other thing I think it's important to say too, is that back then there was more like a gate gate. What, well, how would you say it? gatekeepers? Yeah. Where like you really couldn't, you couldn't buy cuts back then really. No, you had to like gain large. people's trust and you had to trade and getting seeds and all that. You had to do all this different stuff. So like if you got ostracized by something or the word spread around that you were unreliable, like it made your life a lot harder. Yeah. It was hard to get good weed. Hard to get you know? good cuts when you fuck people over. It used to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I just saw archive talking about localized culture. I could, this is not about breeding, but I'll do like a quick aside. So like in uh, Chicago where I grew up, um, good weed was really expensive. And so typically like when you smoked a bong, like you would only smoke part of the green. Yeah. And then you would turn it and you would pass it to your friend. And it was like really rude to like burn the whole top and make it all black. Each person yeah. would try to like carefully only Green burn hits. as much as, as much yeah. as they needed to. And you would rotate that kind butt around and everyone would take three or four hits, you know? Yeah. And you get out to California, uh, like I did in the late nineties on the culture out here, you didn't share bong hits. You took like little snappers and that was it. Nobody turned it where I like, I, I kept like, taking a partial hit and like handing the bong and nobody, nobody did the same thing. No, nobody Weird. did the same thing, you know? And then even when I first moved here, uh, people didn't use the word dank to describe weed right around here. Yeah. People thought when I called it dank, that it was like musty or like <laughs> I was accusing them of curing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I right. I, so we don't need to go into all that, but, but I just mean in the sense there was these localized things that were normal in your group. Yeah. And forums and the internet and all that was like what archive was saying. It's like, it's sort of like nationalized that a bit, but it also makes it like not in person. Yeah. You know, which very I think is like, now. it's very impersonal now, you know? And so I don't know. I thought one of the things that's interesting is when Matt and I were talking about this subject, I sort of asked a number of our good friends, like how many people, that are breeding now, do you think started within the last five to seven years? Yeah. And the answer came back 95%. So what that means is that there's just this, you know, tsunami of new. Yeah. And so how can the 5% that was doing it before or whatever, like how can they train the 95? You don't yeah, on etiquette and like what's normal and what's acceptable and what's cool and what's honorable. Yeah. Right. It's a tsunami of fucking shit. Sorry. I was just reading the chat. No. <laughs> so, not to. so, I mean, maybe if you, maybe you want, maybe you, sh I try to not focus on that because I can't like talk I know. and read it. It's really fucking hard. Yeah. But maybe you should talk about like some of the etiquette on the forums when you first started getting involved with breeding and trading and what those norms were? Well, like back in the forum days, um, 
I mean, it was always obvious to me that you would look for, I mean, I think it's a natural thing for people when you first get into something, first get into a subculture, you look for to, to who the community gens, uh, generally looks to, to find direction, you know, who do, who do people in the community trust? Who are the, uh, the, the people at the head of the community that when they write, everybody responds or pays attention to or finds, finds truth in what they're saying? And that's usually the first step to the forums. And a lot of people learn really quick that it was a lot better to, um, and, and I ran into this one really quick. It's a lot better to listen and learn than to just start talking and think, you know, what you're fucking talking about. And that was, that was my biggest step. One, uh, brick wall was you learn really quick that you don't know what the fuck you're talking about when you, when you start getting around people who have been doing it a long time. And I think that's what the forum offered. There were a lot of dudes that were, you know, been doing it fucking 40 years at that point, you know, um, didn't necessarily mean they were doing it right for those 40 years, but they at least had that experience in the community lasting that long. And they were yeah. the ones writing the rules. And that's and who we a, all looked up to from a kid. It sounded good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. going on the, on overgrow going, growing on the breeders forum and reading arguments going back and forth between Sam Skunkman and chimera and some different people that were on there. Yeah, I definitely knew in my early 20s that like, boy, these people know a lot more than I do right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Whoa. Okay. Now, no, 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 not all that was right. You know, everyone was arguing different opinions and stuff, but you know, it, it, it was a start at least. Yeah. It was a start to see who is, who is kind of knew their shit in breeding too, because a lot of people, you know, there, there were, there weren't as many people making seeds and I know people that have been, like jumped to jumped into this in the past five years. It would be kind of hard to understand it. But like at one point there was, you know, maybe 50 people worldwide that were doing it to any, to any degree that's worth noting, you know, like there were always people, you know, making random pollen chucks in their tents, trying to sell it through DMS, but people that were actually selling it in the marketplace, there, there was about 50, you know, and that's, that wasn't that long ago. That's, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um, it's, it's way different now. The, the options that you have are abundant. It's hard to tell who knows what, when, where, while, what, how, but you know, all of it, you, you can't tell who knows who. Um, it's a lot more confusing. The forums aren't as abundant. It's not, it's not a really popular medium anymore. Um, Instagram is obviously the way of the land. So, I mean, yeah, anybody can have a big podium now and, and bark loud enough to make you think that they know this shit. There used to be a, a much better process for it. And, and it was, again, back then it was a quick way to be able to fucking blacklist people. If people were stupid, you could blacklist them from the community pretty easily. And that's gone. I mean, one thing that I think that is pretty massive that has changed a bunch is that um, you know, other than like Holland and Canada and maybe a few select people. Yeah. There really wasn't money in seeds for a long time. Yeah. So people trading seeds tended to be breeders or tended to be enthusiasts or different people that wanted to mess with them. And like, it wasn't, it wasn't very easy to buy. It wasn't like a marketplace with DMS and stuff like that all the time. It was more like you had to gain people's trust to get seeds or cuts. Yeah. And so I think there was sort of like a little bit more of like a slower vetting process. Yeah. You know, and I think today, um, you know, people have, uh, people have monetized it to the point where it's like, that's, that's the era that most of these people have started in. Yeah. You can get your work out there. And I think like IG came along at the perfect time 
to really explode people's ability to get in touch with other people and even offer up seeds for sale. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you know, like even just figuring out how to sell seeds to the public was sketchy when you started. Yeah. I mean, on the forums too, like there was pretty strict rules about selling seeds on most of these forum sites uh, through DMs. And we all kind of knew like, especially those of us who, who ran forums, ran some of the forums and admin them. uh, We all kind of knew that, everybody had an ability to see those DMS and, and a lot of times people would get shut down, you know, for selling seeds and DMS on these sites because they didn't want the legal recourse that could come from it. So that, that was also an issue. Right. Cause information exchange is one thing, but when you start exchanging money and illegal things, then it's a whole different movie. Yeah. Talking is different. Typing and talking is different than sending and exchanging. Yeah. You know, and we should say too, that like, the, you know, the first two big forums that really connected people were Overgrow and Cannabis World. Yeah. And they got shut down when a Canadian seed bank that was tied into both of them got raided. Yeah. Yeah. And because I, they, they combined, you know, e- you know, economic seed activity with people talking shit on the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big epic fail for the forums was when... uh uh, Heaven Stairway went down with Richard Calrissian and all that. I think that would be a really good um, history episode to do one day too. Just it would on be. that, just on, on that, that we, we could talk the whole thing on just that subject because Heaven Stairway was like a big seat. People are asking about it. Heaven Stairway was one of the was a Canadian seed bank. Yeah, and they were selling a lot of seeds in America, and they were tied into the first two big forums where everyone gathered, which was Overgrow and Cannabis World, starting in the late nineties. And then in about, I can't remember when it was, it was, was it 04 or something like that? Oh, five. I don't know. Maybe Fletcher will say he knows he was around there. You know, uh, yeah. and it scared a lot. It scared actually a lot of people, uh, back into being quiet for a long time. Yeah. I was one of those people. I never really messed around with the, you know, international canographic or some of the later ones because I was so sketched out about what Matt had said there. There he is. He said, archive said, Oh, five. Yeah, there you go. That's what I thought. Oh, four, oh, five, something like yeah. that. Because, you know, nobody knew. Are cops reading your DMs? Yeah. You know, do they have my IP address? Like it was sketchy enough back then you worried. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, there's an aspect there where it was like, the reason why we bring all that up per the subject is it really wasn't easy to sell seats. It really wasn't yeah. easy even to build a marketplace or to build a fan base to sell seeds too. like the whole time when I talk about like most of the breeding that I did, it was all way pre this era. So like we didn't even if, you know, the only people we knew who to sell seeds to were our friends. There wasn't really like, unless you wanted to like basically give your lines away, like DJ short did to fucking uh, Canada or Holland. That was the only way you could sell your seeds. You had to basically partner with one of those groups. Yeah. The seed, the seed, the seed banks hadn't opened up at that point to, to England where, where the British and the European seed banks came in super heavy. They hadn't quite opened up quite yet when that had happened. Right. So it was, so basically, you know, there wasn't that many seed breeders because there wasn't that many, there wasn't really a way to monetize it very easily. And that left it to people that were interested in it, you know, and cared about it. And the way that 
the way that it's exploded now with IG and especially with reversals and not needing males, um, the vast majority of people just started breeding. Yeah. And, you know, they just jump right into it. They don't think there are any rules. They can do whatever they want. And, you know, that's where a lot of these battles come from that, you know, maybe you've seen Matt get into a time or two. Because, uh, maybe once or twice. Because he's, because he's trying, you know, because people, he's trying to, like, there's some generally accepted norm that's getting stomped on. Yeah. And he mentions it and, you know, he's an asshole. It, it, very big. Big very asshole. Big. He might yeah. be, what he might be talking about, like all the old timers that were around totally agree with that viewpoint. Yeah. You know, that that is the way you should conduct yourself on all that. Right. But all the new people are like, who is this fucking idiot? You know, piss off. I'm doing whatever I want. Like the idea here's, I mean, here's a different thing. Like in the forum days, if somebody would have put up a clone list with, with prices next to each clone on how much you could buy them from, nobody would send that person cuts ever again. No, that it'd be fucking done. You would, it would be like an immediate, I mean, not that some people wouldn't buy them off them because people have always been desperate for access. Yeah. Right. But like oh, that yeah. person couldn't trade. Yeah. That would know, be the, the last time that person ever got those clones to sell. You know? Yeah. Like it, yeah. It, it just was like, it was so unheard of. No one even tried. Yeah. Right. And now, and I'm not even saying it's wrong, but I'm just saying like now it's super common. Now yeah. it's like a business. You can advertise like, Hey, I've got a clone collection. And every 10 days I can take cuts off these moms and this is how much they are. Yeah. And it's normal. But when we came up, it wasn't normal. Yeah. That was not how you got things. No. Whatsoever. It wasn't monetized. And and, and I mean, people, we're talking generally speaking here because yes, people could sell their own cuts of shit and like nobody would get upset about that. But we're talking about like things like you would never see Chem 91 on a fucking list. You would never see Chem D on a fucking list for sale because if you got that cut, you knew the rules with those cuts and you knew that they weren't supposed to be passed. And if you're the first one person to fucking do that, you're going to be in a world of shit. Like I think I, I, the person who's responsible for passing Chem 91 over there still has that around their neck, you know? Yeah, I yeah. do. And I mean, even like, even with seeds, it was like, you couldn't, you couldn't take, you know, like it, you couldn't take like someone like DJ's work of blueberry and cross it to a bunch of things and then start just marketing it. Yeah. No, only assholes would ever do that. Now it's different. Yeah, no, it's different now. Now, yeah. now it's different. And, you know, people did that, but it was like because because they didn't make Blue Widow. Yeah, they didn't make a bunch of the blue hybrids that were sweeping around in that forum era. But that was honestly mostly people doing it for themselves and trading it. Yeah. And how are you going to stop like free exchange of people, hobbyists making beans and, and exchanging? And and to some degree, they blue uh, rhino. Yeah. Yeah. So to some degree, the shorts or the short DJ did try to stop that. Um, I, I remember there was talks of contracts that, that he felt like people signed when they bought seeds and they weren't allowed to, you know, make hybrids using the word blueberry or anything of the sort. Yeah, and so and this has frustrated uh, seed breeders uh, from Neville on, from the '80s on, which is like, what do you do when you start selling seeds and then someone takes your stuff and uses it and does whatever they want with it and steals your lineage and information and doesn't give you shit? Yeah. Once you let it out, there is no. Once you let it out, once you share it, once whatever, there is no proprietary anything. There's an honor code. Yeah. 
And all it takes is somebody who's, who's got more financial wherewithal than in honor. You know, there's a yeah. lot of stories about how one cut or this cut slipped out of a pretty small circle. Yeah. Right. We have a lot of that. We have a lot of that. And, and people that used to have seeds, it's like you kind of had to, I mean, Matt, maybe you should talk about the fact that like, you know, back in the day, uh, if you wanted to work with somebody's known clone or something they were responsible for, a lot of old seed breeders would give that person a big percentage of those seeds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would kick not, down for using the cut, right? And you had yeah, to make I mean, arrangements with people. I, we still do that a lot. I mean, some of us still do that. Like if we use someone's cut, they're always going to get seeds from it, you know? Right. Like, but I just no mean, that's, a, that's another norm. Yeah. It was normal then. It's not it, super normal now though. No. no. And, no. and per archives point, I a hundred percent agree just with what's going on in chat. Like uh, someone mentioned, you know, copycat does the S ones. He doesn't even go as far as making the S ones. He just puts seeds in a bag and people grow them. You know, a lot of times they have, you know, more males than females and they, they still don't get it. It's not, some people just still kind of hope that they're getting what they're paying for, but that doesn't always happen. And, and things like that would have been shake, shook out so fast in the forums, but like I said, these are different days. These are different well, days. yeah, because so many people have joined now. It's such a wave Yeah, that it's like there's a few like older people trying to like establish norms and decency and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and even respect to people. And some people, you know, humans are humans. So there are people abuse. I've always abused it on different sides. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't I honestly don't think DJ has a right to all that blue stuff since he's yeah. been selling it for 25 years. Yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd like to see someone put out some uh, S1s of some of the blue clones, too. You know, but I just mean in this. So but, you know, there's an aspect to it where, you know, we, you know, because IG and these other forums allowed aspects of people to monetize breeding, way more people got into breeding than it was before. Yeah. And I really wonder as like as like the market shifts and people's desire for different seeds shift, like how many people will stick it out when, you know, I mean, because it's, it's different, you know, I think a lot of people think it's easy and fast and it's easy. It's easy to like, it's easier to make a bunch of seeds than it is to grow a bunch of fire weed. Yeah. In their mind. Darby so looks like he's going to throw up. Hold on one second. I might have to rush him out. He's doing that lick thing. Okay. We're good. We're good. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, there's a, there's an aspect to that where it's like, you know, it, it uh, the reason why so few people bred back in the day was mostly because there wasn't any profit in it. Yeah. And you, you had to do it because you wanted to make better wheat yeah. or you wanted to trade some seeds with your friends or you had some other friends and you were trading back and forth, but it was fairly small. Yeah. And that's why to some degree, like so much modern stuff is based on like the farther you go back, it gets into a narrower and narrower pool. Yeah. Cause there's only so many people messing with it. You know, um, and, you know, like, and it's the same thing with cuts, how they go from like super common to super rare. Yeah. As soon as the finances get pulled out from under it, all of a sudden only four people have it. Yeah. Like we saw with Urkel or Green Crack or any number of them. Or, or whatever the case may be. And like, I mean, you know, I, uh, you know, when I was talking about the super dog project or whatever, my, my buddy who I did it with, he was actually like ahead of his time. And he was like, dude, we could take this whole eight lighter and think about how many seeds that is. 
Yeah. And we made an enormous amount of seeds, but like there was nowhere for them to go. Yeah. In 2000 and 2001 or two, three, like three, there was nowhere for them to go. Like I traded them to other people and I gave them out to a bunch of friends all over the place. But it was like, you know, we had tens of thousands of beans (coughs) and what do you do with them? Yeah. It wasn't like today where I can come up with 50 different names and make some cool packaging and And, get a hold of thousands of people that might like my shit and find a home for all of it. Yeah. Have direct marketing to, to buyers right away. Yeah. Yeah. There was like, unless I wanted to go on, like when did even like breed Bay and and like those little auction places start? 2000 uh, breed Bay is probably 2007, 2008. Yeah. So what I was just talking about was like four or five years before even like the first online sort of like little breeders could pop on there and try. Yeah. But it was still sketch. In my Super. opinion, Super. you know, yeah, it was, it was still kind of sketchy, you know, hold on and, one second. Uh, you keep going. I gotta, I gotta walk him out real quick. Everybody claims to have, I'll, I'll answer some questions. Everybody claims to have archives sour because, uh, archive <laughs> is a collector and has a good sour and people want to tie sour to some legitimate name, just like the rest of it. Like people want to tie cuts to like, Oh, it's this legit cut from this person. You know, so uh, that's kind of why that's kind of why I see it. So I don't know. I mean, it uh, cut etiquette really has changed. Seed etiquette has changed. Like how I mean, when we bred back there, um, there was only males. So it took some effort, you know, and, you know, the, the STS thing and the reversals thing and all that is really like you didn't even need to keep males. You didn't really need to do anything like that. You just need to take two elite cuts and and try to see if you can get some pollen. And so that and IG kind of revolutionized things a bit. Um, maybe for the better in some ways, but maybe not. Yeah. Um, I don't know about... <laughs> it, it definitely revolutionized things and it made people be able to get into markets they normally wouldn't have been able to get into. So for a lot of people, it would be for the better. I don't know about where it's going to end up for cannabis as a whole though, you know, maybe I should, maybe I should say this and I'm not going to, I won't name names cause I'm not big on that. But what I should say is that when me and uh, friends of mine, like Matt or uh, CSI or, or different people chat that know about breeding, the gulf between what most people think their breeders are up to and what those breeders are actually up to is pretty vast. Yeah. You know, there are people out there doing real work, growing out their own seeds, making selections, um, you know, keeping phenos for future use and stuff like that. But for the most part, a lot of these newest seed companies do very little of that. Yeah, it's very much make the cross, package the cross, market the cross, make the next cross. So they're more like one off crosses than they are doing breeding. To me, when I talk about breeding, I, I'm not even I'm not even trying to get who's a real breeder and not. But generally speaking, breeding is like I think in its most understood concept is you're breeding towards a goal. Yeah. Yeah. You're crossing two things. You're hoping to find things you like about both and the kids. You grow them up. You see what happens. Either you're happy as hell or you start doing more work because you want to take it in some direction. Yeah. And I think that's with all breeding. Mm hmm. You know, you're messing around until you get to where you want to go. And I think these days, um, back in the day, most people had some kind of goal of what they wanted to do. 
they were breeding plants for a reason, yeah. you know? Um, and now I think it's more like, well, I'm going to take Skittles and I'm going to take gelato and it's probably going to throw some color and I'll probably have good terps. And that's what the market wants. So I'm going to mash it together. If they even think that far in a lot of yeah. times it's just name to name. And that's, and since, and since, you know, I mean, we could, we could talk about widow, I suppose, you know, um, but you know, widow was one of those things that, that came out and got crossed to everything. Yeah. Widow males, especially got crossed that we were talking about blueberry blue widow was one of my favorites because it had terps from the blue and it had frost and density from the white. And it was pretty amazing in that regard. But you know, the, these things have their time in the sun and the last 10 years since 95% or so of breeders have gotten involved in the last five or 10 years. That means they're breeding with what's easily accessible to them at the time. Yeah. So there's, uh, there's breeders like CSI or archive or Matt or various friends of ours that have collections that date back quite far. And so they make lots of different mixes, but a lot of modern seed breeding right now is some combination of cookies, OG Skittles, cookies, Kush, you know, it's the same 15 to 35 cuts yeah. blended every which way because that's what they had access to. Yeah. And then people are trying to make variations on an already popular theme. So they sell their seeds and people find good shit. You know, there's real gems in Neville's work, but I think Neville would have a hard time today. Oh, yeah. there was a lot yeah. of junk in there. Yeah. He'd have a real hard time. You know, there was a lot of junk in, the, in that 90s weed. The, uh, some yeah. of the stuff, I mean, I bought like probably seven or eight packs of NL5 Haze in that like 94, 95 era. Right. Yeah. And I didn't find anything that I liked that much. Yeah. But then other people have keepers that are from that era still today. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how seeds work. So well, now it's like... Now we've got this thing where like everybody needs to have like high floor seeds. All your seeds need to be attractive and people get so angry. It seems like the one thing that people hold breeders to the fire for is herms. Yeah. Breeders yeah. get a pass on everything else, but bananas. Yeah. That's one thing nobody gets a pass on anymore. <laughs> yeah. Every, everybody gets attacked viciously. Not, not even for like, is the weed good? Yeah. But there was nanners. Yeah. You know, and so I think now it's like you can breed and you can go buy some cuts and you can trade with some cuts and you can get these different things and reverse them. And you, there's no and you make packaging and c call it names. And I think people put more effort into the name sometimes than they do into like what the breeding is going to be. Yep. Yeah. You know, I was and, having a discussion with Bitter the other day about um, there's a cut called the Soul Assassin. Actually, there were three cuts, the Soul Assassin 1, 2, and 3. And they're old OG cuts. They're not the oldest, but they were considered, you know, like in the first decade of OG being around as, as some of the first ones well-known. And they never got popular. And, and I think a lot of it was because of the name. And I kept telling everyone in our crew, like, hey, this is the shit. Grow it. I'm telling you, this, this shit is the shit. But everybody was just kind of like, mm -hmm, and, you know, because it didn't it, even to us, people that are that realize, you know, names are nothing. It's still because it didn't have a, a catchy name for an OG. It just didn't catch on. And he messaged yeah. me yesterday. He's like, bro, what the fuck is this? You know, freaking yeah. out. And he's like, why doesn't why didn't this catch on? Why didn't I get this? And it's like, because the fucking name, because the name, the name. Yeah. I mean, so there's 
I could talk about a couple of things real quick on that. There was this cut up here called Big Wreck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Big Bud Train Wreck. Mm-hmm. You know, the classic way to name a strain, you smash yeah. half the name from each together. It's Big Wreck, right? Yeah. It's big, it's frosty, it's crazy looking, it finishes in September. Nobody fucking wanted it. Right? Yeah. So the, the uh, these guys I know are out there in, in Mendo and Covalo and they're looking at it and they can't believe how beautiful it is, but nobody wants it. And Big Wreck isn't working. And so they decide to name it the Barry White. Oh, is that is that the first iteration of Barry White? And yeah, and B- Barry White is Big Wreck. When it was named Big Wreck, fucking it's nobody wanted it. When it was named B- the Barry Barry White, have you yeah. seen this Barry White? It flew like hotcakes, and all of a sudden they're getting a premium. They're getting a buck or two more than other people because they have the Barry White. Yeah. <laughs> Just all based, you know, Big Wreck was a shitty name. Nobody wanted Big Wreck. Yeah. But yeah. Barry White, everybody wanted Barry White. And I, I saw a bunch of things, so I'll answer this too. There was a bunch of people right after I talked about Nanners back and forthing about, about Herms and it should be bred out or this or that or whatever. I mean, I'll just say that like the reason why everyone has sour is Nanners. That yeah, super skunk yeah. cut had yeah. crazy Nanners all over it. Uh, the OG Kush was Bagseed. Yep. The Trinity is Bagseed. There's a lot of amazing weed that we have right now that wouldn't be here if that plant they were working with didn't have nanners. And it's really yeah. humbling as a breeder to have some accidents in somebody's four lighter in the nineties outpace anything you've ever tried to do. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, yeah. like, yeah. you know, some 19 year old kid makes an accident and those beans are like white hot fire yeah. and still hold the test of time. And you're out there like trying to plan shit and doing pops and punnet squares and various bullshit. And it's not as good as that accident. Yeah, that accident, that, that is one accident that takes precedence over a lot. Yeah, so a, a yeah. lot of people's most famous cookies is a bag seed. Yeah. Cookies is a bag seed. OG is a bag seed. Sour is a bag seed. They all came from herm. Yeah. So be careful before you want to breed out all these herms. Are herms a problem when it comes to seedless and, and sales and all that? Sure, it can be a problem. When I used to grow this, so many people dropped that old super skunk that everyone's hunting for because yeah. it hermed like a motherfucker. Yeah. And all of a sudden you got eight lights of herm. It's like a fucking seed. Yeah, it's a problem, yeah. you know? And so I don't, I'm not saying that herms aren't an issue, but I'm also saying that they're not a total negative. You know, um, the, the weed that the sour came out of that room lightly hermed. And they found a few phenos that became sour. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the OG was some lightly seeded weed, right? Yeah. Or, or so we think. So we think, yeah. You know, the cookies was definitely some seeded weed. The Trinity was seeded weed that came out of a sack of weed that a, the grower grew in Trinity. Yeah. So There's a lot of cases of that, you know, and so that, that level of, uh, that level of plant selfing or plant crossing uh, really is kind of the, the bedrock of what we got. Yeah. You know, um, and no, herm seeds don't necessarily produce herm plants. They don't yeah. have to, but sometimes yeah. they do. I mean, I think sour, sour sounds like as far as we can determine, sour was a multi-stage herm accident. Yeah. You know, and I think so was cookie. Cookie was, you know, maybe three or four over a course of a number of years. Yeah. Herm I mean, 
we're barely just being able to get the the general consensus in the cannabis community to understand that not all fem seeds harm. So we're 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 trying to work on that with uh, the public's take on what what is intersex traits, why do they occur? But we're in the stone ages when it comes to that shit. As far so as so, this is this is a, this is a norm we should talk about, right? Bringing mm-hmm. that up. So the norm was up until about 2008 or nine, uh, that this is the way you bred. You bred the way God intended. You took males and females. You did your thing. There's all this breeding knowledge and work, and it's all based on that. Yeah. And then people started spreading these tales of sex reversal. Mm-hmm. And it was not received warmly in the community. Not at all. Uh, now it's the norm. But people like uh, Rascal or Matt or various others, Matt can talk about this. They were kind of scorned. Yeah. They were, yeah. You were cheating making fem seeds. You're a we cheater. Ruining, ruining the gene pool for good. Is what yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, sure he's heard, I'm sure he heard, heard it all. What else did you hear? I mean, that was kind of like yeah. people even accepting that reversals were an acceptable way to breed. Yeah. Took years. And, and the, the other big one was it's just cheating. It's cheating. fucking cheating. It's, it's just simple. Make, it's the easiest way to get it done. It's going to make herms. You're just yeah. breeding herms. You're a herm it's, breeder. Yeah, everybody knows that making fem seeds is fucking easy. It's cheap. It's, they're it's, not going to be yeah. as vigorous as a male and a female breeding. Yes. They're yeah. not going to this. They're not going to this. They're not as potent. They're going to yeah. they're going to genetic drift within a few clonings. They're not going to yeah. be as sturdy. That's right. The genetic drift of the. the Do you yes, remember? Fem, that yeah. was a big deal where it was like, oh, fem seeds, fem seeds. They're not going to be as strong. They're not going to hold up over you, years. Like the you ruined its DNA. You, you changed and, its yeah. DNA. You're yeah, fucking the DNA for future generations to come. Yeah. All those things were like, like typed into the forums like crazy. Yeah. So we just asked if, if Ken, OG and Sour, if, if breeding with those is weakening the gene pool. I mean, it's like I, we've had enough time to see. I think it's, uh, you know, people can overdo things. But as far as Kim, OG and Sour, I think they tend to be some of the, the most loved. And it's, you know, it's a plant survival trait that it has in itself. Yeah. Because it's evolutionary there because it was very useful to the survival of the species. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's evolution, right? Is, yeah. but now it's like everybody does fem seeds. No one's ever, but there's still here and there. There's some like uh, CSI and I joke about it. There's still some lingering like, oh, you're a bullshit. You're a fem reversal guy. Yeah. 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 They're still there. It's yeah. Still it's there. still there. It's, it's, it's almost like a running joke now, but it still yeah. exists. You're a fem guy. You yeah. know, you're not doing real work. Yeah. Yeah. But that was I'm a norm. A, it took, I'm a hack. I'm a hack. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> like, really, I think one of the things that changed it, too, was like, since there was only a few people doing it and the crosses they were making, like rascal stuff was so fire. Yeah. How do you say this weed sucks when it doesn't suck? Yeah, I, I think I, I genuinely think rascal might have been the one who really flipped it on its head where, yeah. where he was putting out stuff that was so nice, like white fire and some of the, the Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi crosses and some of the white crosses in itself, white Urkel. There was, it was just like, okay, now this is so fucking fire. How are we not going to grow this shit? Like, he, I think he, he really started changing shit. He had a nice stable of Afghans that yes. he crossed together. And, and there was a lot of fire that came out of those first things. And so it was like, all of a sudden people are like, oh my God, Wi-Fi by strawberry cough. Yeah. This is unbelievable. 
Yeah. So then how does it suck? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it pretty well proved the point that things weren't being weakened um, and that it wasn't all firm shit, you know? No. And then you start going and then you start going and you start studying, you know, um, <clears throat> other plant breeding and it's a technique that's used all the time. Yeah. In, in, in normal agriculture, uh, reversals, selfing is, is a, it's more common than regular breeding in many cases because it gets you to uniformity, which is ideal in agricultural production. But talking about norms, I mean, you can't really blame, but you could say like you, you could blame Rob Clark, right? Because Rob Clark wrote this Bible that I mm -hmm. still recommend today on breeding and yes. he laid out how you're supposed to do it. Yeah. And Matt and Rascal's shitty way of reversing plants like that, that wasn't in the book. No, it wasn't in the book. That, that's not why that's, it's not in the Bible, bro. You're doing some out of Bible <laughs> shit. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You've got some like, you've got some like some weird shit you've got going on under there. Yeah. Cause it just wasn't the norm. Yeah. You know, but now, it it is. Is. now it's the norm. Now it's the opposite. And one thing I noticed over time too, that a lot of people that were spreading the rumors that or uh, profligating the rumors that, you know, all femsey term, all this, it usually tended to come from the creators of regular seeds from these companies and 99% of the time we'd all catch them, you know, doing a project, trying to do it. And then they fail at reversing. And then all of a sudden, fuck those fucking things, you know, and there's a lot of that. It's hard to do. It wasn't, it wasn't what they said. It wasn't a cheap, um, quick route to, to making seeds. In fact, it's more expensive. It takes more time. The pollen's less viable. There's a lot more fail. There's failure involved. You don't have failure with regular seeds very often. It's not no. a thing we run into. But, I can't even remember having yeah. a failed seed run when I used males from seed. Yeah, I can't think of one. I can't think of a single time I didn't get a bountiful amount of seed. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, we have friends that do reversals um, and they don't even get enough seeds for sale. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't fail. Um, but, you know, our I mean, I remember our buddy Pip tried to reverse his sour cut and I think yeah. he got like 18 seeds. Yeah. It's miserable. And so, yeah, it was literally like you got a small handful. It costs a lot of money. I mean, and, you know, like even with the spray, I tell people like everything reverses, not everything drops pollen. So, yes, we can reverse your plant that reversing the plant is is the easy part. Getting it to produce viable pollen is not the easy part. You have to know your plant very well. And sometimes it's luck of the draw on that. We do a lot of numbers. Now, uh, one thing that's interesting that we should throw in there is when the reversal tech came around, a few breeders uh, like our, our buddy Shaw and a couple other people, they actually started reversing males. Yes. To try yeah. to get some terps and to try to see what was like what the what the male would look like as a female to you inform know, what breeding they would use. I don't know how effective it was, but it I, was they were something they, was, they were curious about. I first ran into that um, on IC Mag forums and it was Sam the Skunk Man and someone else talking about it. And I thought it was so fascinating and I went to try it. And I started using that method for uh, the males that I would select to see what kind of terps they might have, even though mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to pass them down. You just get an idea for, okay, I'm seeing this in my, in my crosses. Now I know it's coming from the male side, not something hidden back in the female side. So you get that aspect from it. But I remember on those forums, Sam Skunkman saying that all seeds made from males, reverse males were unviable. So I never tried it out of all the male reversals. I just didn't try it. Cause I just assumed he was preaching gospel. Like that's, 
Yeah. What, what do you sure. say? Turned out not to be the case. Not to Turned be the case. Turned out definitely no. not to be the case. So yeah, it makes regular seats when you do uh, mail reversal runs. Because it was just it was just another technique for people to try to seek and a hint of what the mail might do without going through all of like the well I have to cross it to something and then grow that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I mean, yeah, basically like act like the amount of people that have come in recently and then how people get access to seeds and how people get access to cuts and stuff has totally changed the norms. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I think it's going to change soon, but I think a lot of people jumped in because for the last five or six or seven years, it looked like a pretty easy way to make some money and do some cool shit. Yeah. And I think it's going to get a lot harder. Um, and I think most of the people, maybe, maybe the charitable way to put it is they didn't really know the work required. And the more yes. work you put in, the less money you make. Yeah. So there's definitely plenty of people out there that are just trying to maximize their return. Well, by- and, and they and this has almost flipped the market. I mean, this is something that me and uh, other British talk about all the time. For the longest time, we were all expected to test your seeds because you want to know what's in your seeds. If you're serious about it, you'd like to know what happened in the cross that you made. You'd like to see it firsthand. Um. That's almost gone in this market. It's almost gone um, because things move so fast. And because when you say, when you show your work that you're doing something, it's going to take, you know, X amount of months to a year and a half till it's done. If you show that work before it's done, you can guarantee someone's going to say they did it just recently better and they have it for sale right now. You know, so the whole testing aspect is kind of getting phased out because one, it's not rewarded in the marketplace. No, you know, people won't pay more for seeds that are tested. It's just, it's not happening Two, It's just not the norm anymore. Most people don't test. So if you're going to be the one testing, you're the one losing money. You're going to be late to market. Late I mean, to market, it's funny losing when, money. when Matt and I were collecting like nineties seed catalogs and stuff, like some of those, they would go three or four years and only have one change in the whole catalog. Yeah. They would just offer lines and that was acceptable. Now you have a situation where, um, you know, people essentially make one-offs. They don't really have lines they're repeatedly making. They make one-offs. They have X amount of seeds of it and they have it until it's gone. And maybe I'll call out one thing just because it's super famous, right? Yeah. Where uh, the candy rain fiasco. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's one thing. Okay. It's one thing where you have to test. And you have to grow up a room of your own seeds like you see our buddy CSI do all the time or archive or somebody where they're growing out a room of of their work and they show you a bunch of pictures of what's in it. Yeah, that's very time consuming. Yeah, there's a simpler test you can do, which doesn't tell you nearly as much, but certainly prevents problems. And it's what we call a germ test. Yes. Where you take 50 or 100 of the seeds and you attempt to germinate them and you make sure that they're healthy and there's no issues and they pop right. Yeah. Right. And that's the most basic, that's the most basic shit you could ever fucking do. Yeah. It's yeah. And most people don't even do that. Yeah. No. And so occasionally people get burned where they offer up a a selection like candy rain. They're not, it's not the only time it's happened, but no. And all of a sudden people get their seeds don't pop only a few pop. There's mutants, they die and they just didn't even do a germ test. Yeah. Most of those times, People, people will pop on IG and, and they'll be like, a, they'll open up a wet paper towel and you'll just see like tails of, of, you know, of fresh roots this long. Yeah. 
because it's healthy. It takes two or three, four days. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. Just to make sure there's not an issue. It's the, one of the most basic things you can get to not piss your customers off. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, most people just want to get it to market. And maybe yeah. somebody didn't even teach them that a germ test was normal. I don't think they even had a clue. You know, maybe, and maybe, so maybe it's not even malicious. Maybe no. it's just one of those norms like we were talking about where like we know these, there's these various steps that you do yeah, to make sure that they're viable and people don't even know. Yeah. Why bother? You know? Um, and then, you know, every once in a while, if you don't test your stuff, you're going to put out something that, that that's funky, really funky. Yeah. It'll backfire. It all eventually backfires. It does. But since weed reinvents itself every five or 10 years, are people even going to remember? No, they already forgot the candy rain thing. I even forgot the candy rain thing. (laughs) You know, it just sticks out because it was one of those things where you had to pay like eight or nine hundred dollars a pack. And there was so much build up. Yeah. Yeah, And there was so much build up to it. But even still, five hundred a pack is fifty bucks a seed. Yeah. It's it's insane to to have it all just imagine you pay fifty bucks a seed and then seven of them don't don't pop. I wonder, I know there was a big hubbub about them not sending replacements and then eventually they were. I don't think most people ever got their replacements on them either. And yet they're still around, still operating. Like we were talking about earlier, back in the day, never would have flown. They would have been kicked out the community, blacklisted. I mean, uh, you know, I can only think of one person in the past 15 years that's been blacklisted and, and it's finally coming down was Rez. He yeah. was legit blacklisted. You couldn't say his name without people jumping all over you on the forums at one no. point. But he nowadays was... he's got fans again, you know? So. I mean, America likes a redemption story and yeah. it's, it's been reinvented long enough. Most people don't even know that like, despite, uh, despite all those shenanigans that we won't talk about, like on the forums, Rez was a dick. Yeah. Even before yeah. then, you know, Yeah, even before the, the nasty shit that happened, even before that, he, he was kind of a jerk. So, I mean, there's there's a part of it where it's like, you know, like you don't want to be like that, like, you know, famous like Simpsons thing where it's like old man yells at cloud. Yeah. You know, but there's an aspect where it's like in the community, if you want to have a community, communities have norms and rules and stuff that like people generally abide by to be polite. Yeah. And in cannabis, if you don't talk about that kind of stuff. How would you ever know? Exactly. So that's really why we wanted to kind of to chat about it back and forth about different aspects of it, because there's so many new people that like, if there's people listening, like to what the norms would be, you know, people get into arguments about this shit. Yeah. Because they're voluntary norms. Yeah. They are voluntary. voluntary. They're voluntary norms. So some people are just like, fuck you and fuck your norm, you know, and I'm going to do whatever I want. Joint breath it. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, <laughs> I feel bad. He tricked Peabud, you know, yeah. and he turned around and just started selling chem cuts because he knew he could. Yeah. And told everybody to, and told everybody to eat a dick. And I'm making three to five hundred a pop and there's people that want them that can't get them. And I'm going to be the bridge that gets them to them. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it it's one of those things. But with breeding, it's it it. To me, like breeding is like intention and there's a lot of failure in it. Um, And people have these crazy expectations of like what their breeders are actually doing. Yeah. They're germ testing and they're, and they're pheno hunting and they're testing their own stuff and they're making sure. 
And like, we know people that do that, but then it's like, you have to sell seeds that are like a year or two years old. Yeah. Because it takes you that long to figure it out. You know, another, another big change is the name game. Uh, in the past several years, I know like back in the day, we all had to do due diligence of making sure when we're choosing names, you better have fucking went and searched online to make sure nobody else used that fucking name or you're going to have some problems. You know, oh, we, yeah. even I took it super serious at one point, like where people took our name, we like, yo, bro, we put time, energy, you know, fucking testing, marketing into that name. And you That's just our took branding. It it. Yeah, it's our branding with our branding. Yeah. Yeah. And there was no legal recourse and nobody, most of us don't give a fuck about legal recourse, even if there was. So it's more like, you know, you're, you're stepping on toes, you know, we're going to lock you out of this X, Y, Z. If you fuck with us like that. It's well, nowadays. Pressure. Yeah. Nowadays I've gotten to the point of where I don't even really Google names anymore because there's so many fucking companies with so many fucking names that I've just looked at it like, dude, if you came in after me and you haven't put a lot of time into this name, I don't give a fuck what you say. It, it's just really where it's gone because there's the, the written rules have just been out the window. There's too many people. There's too many names. Well, I mean, it's 90, on if 95% of the seed, if the seed groups are in the last five or six, seven years, and every time they make crosses, they give a new name to those 20 things. Yes. Then all of a sudden you've got thousands upon thousands of new names and you can't even keep track. Exactly. You used it's, to be able to keep track. Kind yeah. of. There was only so many people doing it and so many established companies and you could kind of keep an eye on it. Yeah. Now, I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Me and Caleb were talking last night and we couldn't even keep track of each other's names. Like we sometimes we'll ask like, hey, did you use this name anymore before? Because we both kind of think the same way on names. And he, uh, I don't know. I'll have to go look. I mean, we don't even know what we've named. I, I'm, with him, I just I always just ask him, like, like remind me what the parents are. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way to do it. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he's so prolific by himself. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of names, you know, and he used to have, remember, he used to have those name auctions. Yeah. Not auctions, but like, you know, like crowdsourcing names. Yeah. Because he has it's to come smart. up with some of them. Yep. You have to come up with hundreds of names. What am yeah. I going to call this? I used to do that until every fucking name I got was dumb as fuck. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm not going to use this. There's no way. Hey, he got some good names out of it. Hmm. I just lost you there for a second. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Yeah, I can hear you. It probably was me. Yeah. But probably your shit Mendo service. <laughs> it's actually not too bad for Hill Life, you know? It isn't too bad out there? No, it's, it's not no. too bad where I'm at. No. But I mean I uh I am in a dark corner for quiet. Yeah. So yeah. That's working. It is. But yeah, I mean I so I think I don't even think that like I would say within the last 10 years, just about everything that was common with seeds is now flipped on its head. Yes. Everything's feminized. There's no males to be had. There's no rules anymore. Really? The cat's out of the bag. Everybody has everything, you know? Um, And uh, you know, there's no, even, even with like chem cuts and different things like that, you can see people, like try to apply pressure on what to breed or what not to breed with different types of stuff or the hazes. Right. And they, but they do it through social pressure of networks. Yeah. Because if you're like a joint breath and you have no morals, you know, anybody like that, they can just be like, well, I have it. Yeah. Sorry. I paid paid for it. It's mine. I'm going to do whatever I want with it. I'm going to use it in whatever fashion I feel fine. I don't really care about other people's opinions. Yeah. You know, 
And so there's that aspect. So you can't really control that, you know? Yeah. So somebody, you probably have seen that picture behind me before, dude. That's, uh, that's the theologue from Alex Gray. What is that? The theologue? It's like he's, a, he's it's Alex a, Gray. Alex Gray is like a, an artist. He's pretty famous in like psychedelic circles and stuff like oh, that. Okay. He used to be, he used to teach anatomy at Harvard. So yeah. he knows how to draw the human body really well. And he's done these paintings and now he's like, dude, he's like cult famous. His paintings go for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, wow. Um, that's, that's not an original, but it's like, it's like a reprint he did like 20 years ago. Yeah. So um, that one's pretty famous. The, that, this one's like two feet long by six feet, but the original is like four feet by 16. feet. Yeah. You guys should see his Tom of Finland collection too. He's got this killer oh, uh, Tom of Finland drawing no. collection. The, if you want to talk about erection collections, that is definitely <laughs> Matt. That is not me. I, I, Matt collects collectibles. I have children. So yeah, uh, that's he has to keep those goes. hidden. No, it's just where my money goes. You know, I don't really have, I don't buy toys for myself. You know, uh, did you sell them all? Did you sell them all for the kids? That's a good, that's a good man. You're a good dad. I try. You get rid of those. Yeah, I try, you know, <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, there's a, uh, what, what other etiquette can you think of that is, that has changed a bunch? Um, you know, like I, I've talked about it before, the clone circles getting into the circles, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier about, um, I see it every day now. I mean, people message me and they're like, Hey, I really want to get this cut. How do I get it? I got money. I got money. And I tell them like, especially if they're part of our Patreon, I tell them just chill, just chill. Because when we say we're watching, we're not just watching people that are bad. We're not just watching for people to fuck up and call them out on it. We're watching for people with passion. You know, like yeah. we want we want to find these people that are passionate about cannabis like we are, that are fucking nerds for the genetics like we are. And we're watching and we'll yank you into our circle. If we think you're fucking serious, we will. You know, um, I think a lot of it, people don't have a lot of patience or don't think that any of that is actively going on still, but there are places it's still actively going on to bring people into circles. So, yeah. And because that's because the, the whole preservation, I guess you could call it like the whole preservation community, whether it's history preservation yeah. or clone preservation or seed preservation, there's only so many of us. And so when you yeah. find someone that's willing to take the time and the effort and spend the money and care yeah. You know, well, okay. Now I got like another, now we have another crew member that has similar interests and they're actually willing to it. Um, there's a bunch of people that want to gain trust real fast because they want access to these things and they want to flip it and monetize it. And they have dreams for themselves. And like, I feel for them <clears throat> because honestly, like most of the famous cuts that I got, I just got because I was around the right people. You know, I, yeah. there wasn't like, you know, I don't want to say the forest gump of weed, but it, you know, there wasn't anything special. It yeah. was just how you acted and how you were and where you were around and who you were friends with. And it's kind of spread from there. And most yeah. of the trading that I've done with people that I'm personally friends with in real life. And I see their face has been positive. Yeah. Most, a lot of, yeah. when I got on IG, I didn't realize how many scammers there were. No, you didn't. And, I no, remember and how, ma and how many people would run months game to yeah. try to get access to certain things. I remember when I first talked to Notso, he was so bright eyed and bushy tailed and just, he did not see the, the negative in people yet. And he's had a crash course in it. Like we all have, you know, well, you know, you get on, way in. 
I crawled out of my rock in Mendo or whatever, and I got on IG and started looking around after a long hiatus of internet action. And, you know, there's all these people, where did these different cuts survive? Where did these different things survive? All of a sudden people are chatting again. And so I was looking for people like me. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, maybe we should say this too, where it's like, there's various people that have given, that have given like, given flack thinking that like, I'm about to like release like some expensive seeds or something like that, yeah. because there's this aspect, which is hilarious. If you know me, uh, because good friends of mine have been trying to get me to do this for years and I just don't, but, but it's like this, it's more like talking about historical things that interest us. Yeah. And everyone in, in like a lot of these weed podcasts, it's also infomercially and it's also promoting and you can got to do some promotion to, sure. it's not like it's all bad by any means, but the fact that we do so much that doesn't even, isn't even about us. People trip out. Yeah. I think it fucks people up because there's like, well, where, where's the angle? Yeah. Where's the motive? Why are they taking two hours on a Friday night? It's a bullshit. Cause we're fucking nerds. Well, it might be that we're nerds, but it's also the same thing where, you know, I realized when Matt and I were talking about doing something like this, it's more like if we don't get a chance to chat back and forth about how things are and how we'd like them to be or how they were and why they were that way, then you can just watch it all go away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and maybe there's, you know, maybe there's, you know, there's a few, there's a few people listening that'll go away from that and be like, man, I liked what I heard. Yeah. I'm going to take that and apply it in my own life. I like that etiquette with cuts. I like that etiquette with seeds. Yeah. I like trading with people that have the, the similar vibe or heart to me. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, and so, you know, and then you, you learn like all this stuff is kind of underground. So if you weren't there, um, you, uh, you know, you just wouldn't know. Yeah. In that regard. I, we also tried to bring back something like that a long time ago. A lot of people don't know about it, but the nugs and jugs, like mm-hmm. the meetups, the, the harvest cups that you guys would throw up yeah. in Mendo privately. Mm-hmm. We tried to bring that back for a little bit until um, COVID obviously got a hold of the culture. But yeah, hopefully we'll be keeping that alive as well. Which I, mean, that, that, I mean, those kind of like gatherings where it's a few hundred people of like minded heads. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like that's where. You know, that's where I met uh, CSI for the first time. Yeah. That's where I met Shaw for the first time. That's where I met, um, you know, all kinds of different people 20 years yeah. ago for the first time. Because it was a g- collection of like-minded people. And some of them you bump into later on. Um, even like the Emerald Cup, you know. I mean, the first four or five Emerald Cups I went to, they were in Laytonville. Yeah. This tiny little thousand-person town in Mendo. You know, now that now it's all big and, you know, huge and it's been in Santa Rosa or different places and it's this like event. Yeah. But at its start, it was kind of just like a like a little bit more public of one of those classic harvest fests. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed ours. They were really fun. It was cool to see. See, Somebody just said who's who's Shaw. Um, You know, Matt can talk about Shaw a little bit. Shaw is an old buddy of, of CSIs and others. Um, he's, some people know him as 707 seed bank. Yeah. Right. You know, um, you know, and he's legit. He's 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 another one of those old school seed collectors, seed breeders, clone traders. It's been around for a long time. He's, he's another one. He's in that same, you know, in 20 years, 
I'll have a really good Shaw story for everyone that I could probably tell. <laughs> that was really cool. That made me go like, dude, this guy's fucking legit. But he's, yeah, he's you know, he's, a, he, he's, he was a breeder for a long time. that cares. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have a Bubba cut that I still have Shaw Bubba on. Yeah. That's it still, that what it says on my tag too. You know, it still says yeah. Shaw Bubba because, you know, so uh, he's just one of those guys, you know? Um, but, you know, we could, we could speak about this too to people that don't know, like there was an aspect when forums first started where yeah. all of a sudden um, people could get on there and start pushing the narrative that they wanted to Yeah, about who they were. Right. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we should touch on this for a minute because there's a lot of people now with social media that have these personas. And some of these people have like small armies of people that defend the person. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. That they've well, never met them in real life and don't know any of the backstory. But they're it's in love lot. with the persona. It's it's something I've noticed. And, and you know, I, I'm a nerd for the UFO field. So I see it in that community, too. And it's it's an aspect of humans that I think that we don't recognize, but it's a religious aspect to us. Some some form of religiosity where we, we see someone, we have this idea of them and no one can change that no matter what. And if anybody says anything that counters that narrative, it, we get defensive. And I see that in, in, in ufology. I see it in politics. And, and of course it's in the seed world, you know, yeah. people, like people do love a good story. People love know? a good story. And so there's, and so in the weed community, especially with IG right now, there's heroes and heels. Yes. I'm a heel. Yeah. I would be called a heel. Yeah. Matt's a heel. <laughs> Matt in yeah. wrestling, Matt's the bad guy. Yes. You know, Matt's the guy that you want to see get suplexed, you know, like <laughs> I have a very punchable face and all that. Well right? and, but people have people have heroes and then there's backstory. And like even talking about the backstory gets hard because so many people jump in and people have yeah. like some people have like 15 accounts, you know. But yeah. even 20 years ago, this happened because there was only so many new things. So like when the forum started, who got famous, dude, you know, like uh brothers grim got famous yeah right uh dj short blueberry stuff got famous there was half a dozen breeders that people had growth threads on forums of beautiful weed and they got super well known and then they had clout and people wanted their seeds and people were buying and trading and selling them amongst each other and doing a bunch of crosses and that happens today in the last four or five years there's people that have come on ig Mm-hmm. made a backstory out of smoke and mirrors. And yeah. five years later, they have hundreds of people that'll defend them. They came out of nowhere and they made up their little path and yeah. they don't even care because they know 95% of people won't, won't ever hear the truth or, yeah, will, or will, re- or will reject, reject it because their buddy, the guy did something nice for him once. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, they'll never be able to ask, for example, some guy, Hey, is this dude your uncle? Like, because they don't even have access to ask the guy that they're just going to take it on faith, you know? Yeah, And some, some people, people talk about, eventually these people do like res or swerve or different people. They don't last forever because humans like aren't invulnerable to new information. Eventually yeah. you can act enough like an idiot over time that yeah. enough bubbles up. Yeah. Right. And that it's, or that you just lose interest and you can't keep the scam going for that long. Yeah. You know, the people that have been, that have been breeding for a long time and, and caring you know, there's a lot of people where it's like if they won the lottery, they wouldn't grow anymore. Yeah. The people we're, sure. the people that we're talking about, like if, if they won the lottery, they would just be stoked to do these weird projects that 
they couldn't afford before. Yeah. Cause now they don't even have to rely on it financially. And somebody said, somebody said, Dave Watson, Sam, the skunk man. I mean, people can, he's like one of the most controversial characters in cannabis probably, but Mm -hmm. that motherfucker has been on every forum since the beginning pitching his version of events and the version of events that he wants people to know. Sure. And there's not a bunch of opposing viewpoints from that same era. No, there isn't, you know? So I I just brought him up because people were talking about him, but he was, I'm pretty sure he was know it all for sure on cannabis world. Yeah. Uh, And he would get on there and he would argue about skunk one and haze and origins. And he knew, and people have been debating this stuff forever. Yeah. And people would get on teams. There's team. I believe him, And there's team. I don't. I was on team Neville. There's there's team DEA and there's team misunderstood. Yeah. And right now there's a bunch of that. There's a bunch of people where like, you know, the, uh, the, the group of breeders and the group of collectors and stuff who share a bunch of information. Like we basically know reasonably speaking, who's legit and who's not. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's not so much about like, their work or this or that it's basically whether or not like are, are they a decent human being or are they honestly trying yeah that's really how it shakes out it's not like there's some like huge behavioral like thing but it's like are you generally honest and what you know and that yeah and i, I mean there's spawned a wave of dishonest there's 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 people like who whose work like i would not do the same kind of work they're doing necessarily or i wouldn't make the same choices they're making but generally speaking, they're, they're good human beings and they're doing what they love and they don't lie. So those are the people that, that I think are cool, you know, but then there's people who are like, maybe they, maybe they did make a cross, but they suck at life. Like they suck at how they treat people. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll tell you, I'm not a musician, but I used to be in the music industry in Chicago and I used to like uh, put on a bunch of concerts, work at them. Right. Yeah. And I had to learn real fast between they're shitty musicians and their music sucks to they're good musicians. And I don't like their music. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I worked of all things, dude, I worked like, uh, um, Garth Brooks sold out the Rosemont horizon, which is a 20,000 person stadium, seven nights in a row in Chicago. Yeah. I got paid killer. Like yeah. my, my, the company that I was like working for to like do stage work and stuff like that. We got paid amazing. Yeah. And I saw him put on a three hour show for a week. Oh, you yeah. lucky dog. Dude, and it was like, they sucked. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But they were all good. Yeah. They're like, talented they talented musicians. They yeah. kept time. You know, like everybody knew how to play what they were playing. And they yeah. were into it. I didn't just, like it yeah. at all. Yeah, just like the dead. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can think that about the dead. You know, <laughs> like people don't, you know, yeah. uh, very much so. Music is very much like that. Yeah. Fish, the same way for me. Like yeah, I can I mean, tell you know, talented musicians, but I, I just not something I, I mean, rock Matt's out into here. punk. It's like, why do they only play like three chords? Yeah. That's who needs, why are all their chords? songs two sure. minutes long? Yeah. You know? Who needs more than one minute? Why is the ad instrument out of tune? <laughs> why can't they ever harmonize? You know, tunings for pussies. Everybody but, knows this. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same thing. Like you can, you can not like a breeder's work and still respect their process. Yeah. Like they do it right. I just don't prefer it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like the stuff that they love, I don't love as much. I prefer yeah. to work with different stuff, you know? And that's kind of, yeah. that's kind of where it is in that regard, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, they, um, but there's a lot of fraud out there. And so 
where Matt has gotten in trouble. And part of the reason why he's a heel and, and a villain is because he's been calling out bullshit since the forums. Yeah. And he tries to let people know that like, Hey, this might not be legit or you should know about this or this or that or whatever. And sometimes it's abrasive or whatever, but you get enemies. And not only do you get the enemy of the person that you're outing their bullshit, but maybe their little fan base too. Yeah. Because these people have all invested in their seeds and, and and basically they have a financial incentive to want this to be true. Yeah. And then, or they have a financial incentive to make sure they didn't waste their money. Yeah. And when they believed, you know, they, I believed I dropped this much money on whoever's yeah. There can't be a fraud. Yeah. You know, this stuff can't be for these, this, what do you, what do you mean? They outsource their seeds to Dina Femme from Spain. Yeah, yeah, they don't yeah. even make them themselves. That can't be true. I just spent a thousand bucks. Yeah. I mean, there was a person, I can't remember who it was, but like, you know, uh, there's this, you know, there's all these people that are selling ancient skunk one now. Uh-huh. Right. Remember that guy that there, there was some guy that spent like 5,000 bucks on bluer skies, Vienna's fake skunk one roadkill. Yeah, yeah. And he created like a whole yeah. page because he was so pissed. Yeah. Because he went through all these seeds. Yeah. I'm going to find what I want to find. It's in there. <laughs> you know? And yeah. then you get scammed and you're like, God damn it. But some people are embarrassed and instead of, and they just, they defend whatever person. Yeah. Yeah. And we all don't have to get along either. Yeah. No, that'll never happen. You know? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying kumbaya. Like some people just naturally aren't going to be friends or see eye to eye or their behaviors aren't going to be mesh. That's cool too. Yeah. You know, but there's a difference between like, I don't really like you as a person. And I think you're like a, a... yeah. Yeah. You know, because there's some shitty ass people, uh, that, um, that made great seeds. Yeah. Or that source great seeds. That's happened too. That's happened too. There's, there's people that aren't the most exemplary human beings. Um, that amazing stuff came from stuff they hunted or stuff they were given or stuff they stumbled into. And it probably wouldn't exist if, if, if they didn't do it. Yeah. They're a total scumbag and asshole, but they, uh, you know, the seeds are still good and it's not the yeah. seeds fault. It's not yeah. like there's original sin. If, if you're into that, you know, there's not like, they're not tainted yeah. by anything like that, you know? So um, but yeah, you try to, so that's part of it. It's like, you try to establish to bring it all back. You try to establish norms. You try to talk yeah. about what's acceptable. And the reason why there's norms, no, most norms get set up because people decide this fuckery can't stand. We need some fucking rules up in this piece, right? Yeah. Like humans yeah, don't we do well. To. Yeah. We need some, we need some, like, we need some like rules of engagement to talk to people. Yeah. And that's how all these norms got created because back in the day, people on forums would fuck each other over and then it would get, it would get outed and then behavioral things would change and then, and then they'd be ostracized and you couldn't get stuff. And then people would self regulate their own behavior. Yeah. To stay within the norms of their little community. Some of them tried, some of them tried, some would just go way off the deep end pulling a BSV. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, on some level, even like in a music level, it's like at some point you stop the mosh pit and you help people up. Yeah. Instead of stomping on the, the girl's head who fell over. Yeah. That became a norm. Yeah. You know, we can't have, we can't have that. We can get crazy. But have, if, 
Yeah, we can't have murders. Yeah, we can get crazy, but we can't have like hospital injuries and stuff like that. Like, and, yeah. and you know, and all that. And so that's another, that's just the norm. Like people yeah. see things that develop and a norm develops around it. And now with the speed of the internet and the speed of IG and the speed of changes, all those norms are sort of out the window. Yeah. They're voluntary, but you can be a cool dude or, or chick and obey them because it like helps you get along with people. You know, yeah, and it helps you build a good reputation and it helps you, you know, it, it helps you like, you know, because that's what it is. It's like, are you in weed for longevity or are you just in it because it's popular for a minute and it was easy? Yeah, we're going to see a lot of fallout coming soon. Um, there's a lot less money in seeds than there's ever been since day one. Um, a lot less money in weed in production, especially in California. And it's going to it's going to really hit the nation hard. And, and with the newest House resolution bill, and I think it's got to go through the Senate, if uh, it's decriminalized, we're going to see a, a big change. We don't know necessarily what that change will be, but I'm, I'm guessing there will be um, either a mass influx of more people and the and the ones that weren't going to make it anyways, that, that were in for the quick money are going to bounce. And we'll yeah. see some more in it thinking there's going to be quick money and have another quick bounce. So, I mean, I always, used, I always used to back in the day, what made seed breeding feasible for me was that uh, flower prices were nice. Yeah. When flower and prices so are good, you could. I, I didn't afford. care, honestly, about I was trying to make better weed for myself and my friends. That was literally the goal. Um, you know, like I, we made plenty of money off flour. Yeah. I could have a four lighter. I could have a couple of different things popped around. I could have part of the hill that I could breed on. Yeah, you know, a little corner here and there, and it was just fine, you know. And so it it's going to be it's going to be less marketable because in order for all these seed breeders to survive, all these seed breeders came up in an era where there was a ton of garage grows, there was mm -hmm. a ton of two fifteen style small twenty five to hundred plant grows all over the place. There was a lot of individuals, and they would come loaded down with harvest money to Emerald Cup and these different events, looking to buy seeds for the next year. Yeah. And as the money tightens up and all those small players get turned into much larger players, there's not going to be lines at every seed company at these shows with money burning a hole in their pocket to buy seeds that may be bunk and maybe not. Yeah. It's yeah. going to change the dynamic. And so, you know, hunting's a luxury. Yeah. And so as that, as that, like, as that monetary reason goes out of it, <clears throat> I mean, there was an era where, in the 2550 plant era, when you were trying to grow monsters, a lot of people believed that seed plants get bigger. Yeah. And more vigorous. So they would want to grow from seed stock. And maybe they're going to grow 200, 250 seeds and then select down to their favorite 50 females. Yeah. And grow those. So they don't even care that half of them get tossed. Yeah. You know, and that fueled a lot of seed sales. And so, if I had to, if I was going to give advice to people that like, you know, as we get towards the end of this thing tonight or whatever, it's like, if you have, if you want to breed, the best way to breed and not be disappointed is just to breed for yourself and your friends and to try to put weed together that you like. Yeah. I like these things. I wonder what would happen if I combine the two of them. I wish I could get these traits from this side of the plant and these traits from this plant into the same plant. Yeah, because then if no money ever comes from it or anything like that, or no fame or no named cut or anything, and nobody gives a shit, at least you cared. 
it was good for you. Yeah. I mean, if you smash jealousy and gelato 41 by biscotti and you put all this effort into it and then nobody cares and you don't even like it, then maybe you're bummed. Yeah. But if you like it and you're trying to do for something you like, at least it's something you like. I hope people start breeding more for high again. That's what I mean for stuff you like, because because honestly, like in the 90s, the way we got famous was people had to like it. Yeah. It didn't really get famous on looks. There was no testing. There was no terpene numbers or THC numbers or anything to go by. It was like in a bag or in a jar. Does it smell good? Does it burn good? Do I like the effect? Yeah. And if it did those things, it kind of got famous and spread. And that's how all elites kind of got developed was enough people like to smoke it. Right. And so, and it doesn't even, it doesn't even mean that like everybody has the same taste. Um, You know, Matt doesn't like, I've said it before. Matt doesn't like smoking the chem 91 very much. The dog, neither does Kayla. I love it. You know, Um, you know, so breed for what you like. Yeah. You know what you want to smoke after being pissed off during the daytime. Or like you're putting on a comedy with your lady or whatever, and you want to like smoke a joint and have a good time, you know, put on grow weed you like. Yeah. That's how I ended up with so much blueberry. Yeah. That's cool because people should yeah. have passions. Yeah. And every, and then everybody's putting their own kind of flavor on things. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a reason the, I I've told Matt this a bunch, but like the, the person most responsible for making sure that Mendo P never disappears is Caleb. Yeah. Um, because he's so prolific at crossing it into things. Even if I traded it to different friends or whatever, gave it out freely, it's still more people have it because he bred it. Yeah. And why did he breed it? Cause he liked it. He personally liked it. Yeah. You know? And so you personally liking something I think is like the most important part of breeding. Yeah. You should give a shit. Yeah. You should give a shit. You should give a shit about your own seats. You should give but a then- shit. But then a lot of people, and I'm not going to name any names, you know, don't even smoke. I mean, I smoke, I probably smoke less than a lot of other breeders because I'm not a heavy, heavy smoker. I smoke, you know, several times a day, but I'm not like trying to get laid out. But there are people who don't smoke at all making their seeds. Like they have no interest at all in smoking. They could care less. And, and it's, I think it's really hard unless you have like someone that you really trust and you trust their opinion on high to, to breed that way, you know? I mean, it's being, it's, it's like, you know, um, being a chef, but you don't eat most of the food you cook. Yeah, exactly. How, if you, if you're not into tasting your own work, how really are you going to like make yourself? I mean, we're not going to chat about it tonight, but like the way that I, the way that I grow and the way that I cure the way that I dry my weed and how I treat it and all that. Yeah. There's like crop after crop after crop of like learning about like, oh, this fucked it up. Yeah. This made it better. Oh, this is, this is definitely. And so it gets refined over time. Yeah. Because you're giving yourself feedback, right? Yourself feedback. And so, you know, like if, how are you going to know if, if the seeds you make are special, if you don't even pop any of them? Yeah. You'll never know. You'll never truly know. You'll never truly know. And you know, any prolific breeder ends up making way more seeds than they can ever test. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Caleb's crazy unique in that he has multiple rooms that he can regularly pop off pheno hunts in all the time. Yeah. Most breeders don't even have that luxury. No. Of having that much space to not only pheno hunt, but also to breed. Yeah. 
you need a lot of separate locations in order to do stuff like that. Yeah. Especially if you're doing, if you're doing seedless and seeded. Yeah, exactly. That shit drifts. Yeah, sure does. You know? So, I mean, I don't know. Seeds, seeds, basically they're, I used to call it all the time, a labor of love. Yeah. It's a lot of failure. Um, you know, it's time, it's money, it's energy. Um, maybe nobody will like it, you know? So it's like, it, it, it really is like, it's, it's do what you love. Yeah. And if you, if you start selling them, people fucking hate you immediately, instantly, you become a fucking asshole. It's just part of what it's part of it. Well, yeah, because then you have to deal with the public. Yep. This many didn't germ. Now you have to put a price on something. This, this many, you know, and how, how many times are you going to believe everyone and just send them nothing and, and just, you know, uh, people are talking about popping old seeds on there. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff you can look up on popping old seeds. Some people like to yeah. soak them in an enzyme or a little bleach or something like that. Super light. Malic acid number three is great for old seeds. Yeah. Some people like to, to, to scuff them like on a, like how, on, on what you fire a match on lightly. You know, I'm a big hand cracker with, with hemostats. I like to hand crack my shit. Yeah. There's, there's, Maybe. you can buy crackers that are like little screws to where you can like very lightly. There's a lot of work. Depends on how they're stored. Uh, I mean, we had with the, with the super dog project, my partner who I did it with, um, the, the way we really lost it after I lost mine was that he was on vacation and it was the middle of summer and he had a breaker flip in his garage and his seed freezer turned into a seed oven. Oh no. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Breaker flipped and he was the gone freezer. and it was the middle of July and he was gone in the Caribbean for a couple of weeks and it just oh. sat there at 120 degrees in his garage for a couple of weeks that's all it takes. And we took, we've tried, we, I mean, we had hundreds of those things. Yeah. You know, thousands. And we had all kinds of friends try. We tried every single method. Couldn't get them to pop. Yeah. That's all it takes. It doesn't take long for a, for a good heat flash to ring your whole collection. So definitely. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's mind. times when it's like, and that there was literally like, I mean, there was, there was, you know, big Ziploc bags, just chock full of different, different things. And they're all yeah. gone. Your seed yeah. freezer goes, it's bad. Yeah. Seed I had, I had a similar thing happened in San Diego during one of the real hot summers in 2008, my whole collection got just fucking toasted because there's no air, air conditioners in San Diego. Right. You know, sure. and I didn't yeah. have a big, I was in an apartment. I didn't have a big seed fridge. I had a little fridge, you know, for food. So I, I didn't understand the full mechanics of it and it fucked everything up, everything. Yeah. I mean, it's hard too. So that's why like, and that, and that, <clears throat> that's the other thing is you see people are like, Oh, I got these 68, whatever seeds. Yeah. And then they pop them and they have like 30 seeds and 28 of them pop. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, no, yeah. even if they were stored perfectly in the best conditions imaginable. Yeah. You're not going to get 28 out of 30. No, that's not, that's not probably going to happen. It's probably not going to happen. They lose, they lose over. I think even like, Dave, Sam Skunkman was talking about he's got kilos of old seed. Yeah. But he, he thinks the germination rate, even on that stuff that's been perfectly stored, is still like less than 10%. Yeah. It's still a substantial amount for the amount of seed that he has of it. Yeah. You know, but he's still, it's, it's going to be like four, eight, or 7% or something like that germ. Yeah. In perfect conditions, and they're 30 years old. Yeah. And for trying to, I could say firsthand, like going into a collection where, you know, a lot's been ruined and trying to pop them. 
is fucking miserable because you'll see something. Oh, fuck. I forgot I had that. Oh, I'll give it a try. And it's, it never works. It's fucking miserable. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, somebody said the French skunk connection. Yeah, uh, you I, have that. I, You're set. I don't I don't like homie. I'll, you know, I just think I think he I mean, they claim they found skunk in the 70 in 71 or 72 out of a brick. Which probably means they maybe, you know, like at best, they found some skunky Mexican, pure yeah, Mexican. That whole <laughs> thing's a lie. That whole, thing, <laughs> that whole thing is a lie. And it's like all these different people want to say, no, we have some skunk that can't, comes from not Sam Skunk Man. Yeah. It's just and it's rank and it's real and it's from here. Um, I know it's a joke. I'm not even calling yeah, you yeah. out on it. I, I get it. Believe me. But, but it's just like, that's the thing is it's like now there's there's a there's a, another tsunami of all these famous strains from the 80s and 90s that are old enough they're legendary yeah and that's why we had to do a whole show on nl on nl yeah yeah because it's like it's more of a legendary name and people don't know anything about it and people are like oh well what's the earliest that existed i have it from two years before yeah and somehow that's that's how scammers out themselves yeah just i just want people to realize that it Every five, it used to be like every five to 10 years, someone would pop up and say, we've got the whole SSSC collection, a whole collection in jars, just pulled out of a freezer. And this happened so many fucking times over the years. And every time it would all be bullshit. And so if you see people just all of a sudden, they've got this magical freezer to Narnia, be very, very, very selective and, and think about it. Use some critical thinking. Um, if these things were still around, they'd still be around you know it's not and i had this i have this running joke too where it's like i'd be like give me your old and unpopular right and when this shit was old and unpopular like i live in mendocino county okay so i have tons of friends in humble and trinity and mendo and sort of like the heart of cannabis i know a lot of cannabis people i would hunt and hunt and hunt and hunt for this old shit and it was almost impossible to find anywhere yeah and then as soon as there's money involved it's everywhere (laughs) everywhere everywhere i could spend 15 years looking for this shit and find it nowhere and now in the last four years it's like out of the fucking woodwork hundreds of sources and well and one person has everything from every company you could have ever imagined from the fucking 80s through the 90s you know and it's like nobody wants it to be real more than me yeah oh my god because if we were if we were a normal industry right yeah all this seed stock from Neville and SSSC and all those guys in the nineties and all that work would still be accessible. Yeah. It'd be in that, maybe not for sale, but like they would have a vault, yeah. you know, they would have like any kind of agriculture. They have seed stock going back decades. Yeah. Maybe they're not even using it, but it's like every cultivar they've ever had. They keep seed stock. Right. Oh, okay. I need to print more then. We're good. And so, you know, we talked about this too before, but we have a, we have a buddy that, that bought somebody's freezer that was getting out of, um, that was getting out of the scene. Yeah. Right. You remember that? I showed, I showed that to you and Crybaby and some other friends and, uh, big old fucking blue balls. And, and, you know, and all that shit, it's all legit. It's all from like, Oh, eight to 12. Yeah. Yeah. Most of it. So it's not yeah. even really all that old. It's all this. No. And it's all like what you could get in that era. Yeah, right? common and, stuff during that era. Yeah, and I had Matt vibe it because honestly, that was more his era than mine in terms yeah. of being deeply involved in what was out. And it's all legit, you know? And almost none of it could you buy today if you wanted to. Yeah. And it's from 10 or 12 years ago. 
Yeah, it's all gone. I mean, it's it's even stuff. A lot of that was stuff I didn't even see in other people's seed collections. Yeah, and like, like even if even if you were doing it for research purposes or whatever, they don't even have it probably. Yeah. So it's just gone. Yeah. You know, in a way, and that's kind of why I think reversals became so popular was because not only did you not need a male, but in many cases, most of these lines, only one or two females from that line even survived. Yeah. So it's all you have left. It's a way to keep a line unhybridized and pure. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's changed all of it, but that was, yeah, that was, it's 12 years ago and it's like reading a historical novel. Yeah, it was. It was a trip. Kind of a flashback. Yeah, a flashback to like, and that was all commonly sold and traded. That was the hot shit of the minute. Yeah. Everybody it's all stuff it. That, it was all stuff I had in my seat collection at one point. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Every, 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 I didn't have it, but you had it. You know, it was a little yeah. after. I was hiding under a rock then or whatever, you know? So, yeah. Um, they talk about apparently Crippy is still around Hawaii. I'd be suspicious oh, of that too. My God. Stop with the fucking Crippy. You know, the, the Crippy is the Crippy is like a legendary name. It's not a cut. It's not specific to anything. It's no. what people want. It. It's like the Thunderfuck or, you know, what? it's what people want it to be. Oh my God, this is beautiful. Okay. So anyways, we can end on that note. Gonna end it there today. Yeah, we end it did there. a good job cover, covering it. Um, so before we're done, I want to say, uh, don't forget to check out the Patreon, Breeder Syndicate Patreon. Um, go Google. You have to Google it because if you go to Patreon and search Breeder Syndicate, you're not going to find us because they don't put cannabis stuff in the search. So you have to go to Google, Breeder Syndicate Patreon. You can join us uh, in Discord. We always hang out in there, shoot the shit, have a lot of fun. This is where our crew is. So if you yeah. want to be a part of a circle, that's the way in. The first way in because we are always watching there. For sure. We're always watching everywhere, but we are definitely watching there. Um, uh, we have the fights tomorrow, I believe. There's some good fights. We got uh, we have the, the Hawaiian lights drop coming soon for the people that are in the Patreon, I believe, in the next week or so. I'll have all the hybrids up. Which and it's just a way to hybrids. Answer, answer, answer questions. We respond on there. Yeah. A lot more than IG. It's just an easy way for friends of uh, friends of ours and stuff to communicate and to talk to new people to get excited about shit. So it's a good it's a good way to to interact that I think is a little bit better than than the traditional way we've been doing it. So, but we're gonna try to do this every Friday night and bring topics. I saw a bunch of people shoot out what topics you want to hear. Um, every once in a while, we might have a show that's totally based on them, you know, yep. uh, and all that. I always appreciate people's Friday nights. Um, we're doing this just to try to build community. Really? That's the core goal is to try to get people together, get people talking and build a little community, you know? And so we always thank you for your time very much. Yep. So keep your, your ears peeled for the Hawaiian lights drop. Both me and CSI are going to be dropping those. Um, and, uh, go check out speakeasy. They have me and CSI seeds as well, or you can buy them directly from me at rightseedco.com. Good night, everyone. You have a great night. Lots of love.